Hello and thank you for tuning in. For all you loyal listeners and subscribers to my podcast, you will know that I've been missing for two weeks. Well, this was because my dad Seamus passed away on September 29th. He bravely fought pancreatic cancer for almost a year. So this is a difficult time. We're all heartbroken. But we take such comfort in knowing that he spent his last weeks at home, surrounded by his family, which is what he wanted. The episode that follows, all about marketing what you do, was recorded just before my dad died. As ever, I hope you will find it thought-provoking and helpful. But let me close this little extra insert by thanking everyone who's reached out to me and my family in recent times, offering words of condolence, thoughts and prayers. It does make such a difference as we navigate this time of grief. As I said in the eulogy at the funeral mass uh, for my dad, if life is about how much you love and how much you allow yourself to receive love, then my dad led an exemplary life. And it's something that I'll continue to strive for because I had such a great role model. So I'll hand you back to James, who recorded this episode just before my dad passed at the end of September. It's all about marketing what you do. And as ever, I hope you will find it thought-provoking and worthwhile. Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. The topic this week is marketing. Now, that's a term I first came across in the early 1990s in a textbook, back when I was studying in college, I think. And then towards the mid-90s, the insurance company I worked with at the time brought in a marketing specialist. And I think at the time there was great scepticism and wonder and even sarcasm within the organisation, a traditional insurance company, because they were wondering, what does this marketing person do who has been installed in a desk on the fourth floor? You know, I smile when I think back on that now, because in this age of social media, we're all really marketeers. As a business owner myself, I use marketing within my own business and many of the key aspects of marketing I touch on and explore in the talks and workshops I deliver under the umbrella heading of personal branding or leadership branding. In that area, one of the one of the quotes that most speaks to me is by Tom Peters, the management strategist, who says, we are all the CEOs of our own companies, me incorporated. To be successful in today's world, our most important job is to be the head marketeer for the brand called you. So that's a fancy definition that I use for personal branding. A, a more simple definition, perhaps that cuts to the chase, is personal branding is what people say about you after you've left the room. And that's applicable for all of us, employees, solopreneurs, business owners, yeah, from a marketing perspective. Um, and that's where my focus this week is really going to be for all those business owners, managers, sole traders out there. I know I have many of you tuning in. And we're going to look at it in terms of getting back to basics, because let's face it, the whole COVID-19 crisis has any of us who are involved in business reassessing what we're doing. And certainly for me, I'm going back to the, the basic principles of marketing as I do that. Um, one of the formal definitions for marketing that I came across was the activity 
the set of institutions and processes for creating, communicating, delivering and exchanging offerings that have value for customers, clients, partners and society at large. You know, as ever, these definitions semi-wreck my head. Um, I've also come across a more humorous one where marketing was defined as the art of telling stories that are so enthralling that people lose track of their wallets. Um, and as ever, there's always a grain of truth in some of those humorous ones. But for me, marketing is really about connecting what you do, what you excel at, with your ideal audience in a meaningful way. That's how I like to view it. And that's going to be the, the focus for this week's episode. As I've lived and learned many marketing and business lessons over the last, gosh, nearly 20 years of being in business, my focus when I think of marketing tends to fall under three different headings, audience, leveraging or linking what it is I do with that audience, and then harnessing my uniqueness as well. And they'll be the, the three prongs of attack this week, the three headings that I'll, uh, that I'll explore. So let's jump straight in. Audience, sometimes in traditional marketing terminology, it's one of the, one of the four P's, the people, um, or segmentation, to give it another phrase. But for me, it really comes down to asking ourselves as business owners, you know, who are our audience? Who are our stakeholders? You know, from a marketing perspective, this is a pure segmentation exercise. You know, it's, it's very difficult and it's often counterproductive to attempt to be all things to all people. You know, from a think of it from a nutrition point of view, no one likes a bland, flavorless curry. You know, sometimes we need to spice things up a little to stand out. Uh, the smartest way to do this is to focus your energies on where they will have the most impact. You know, there's a quote I came across recently. I'm not sure the source of it, but it was don't try to be something for everyone, but be everything to someone now, that might apply to dating apps as well. I don't know. So as a, as a business owner, even if you're in an organization yourself as an employee or manager, you know, important to know who your ideal customers are. Um, that's a question that I will often ask because with everything I do, I'm trying to satisfy or think about the needs of the, of the people I want to work with. You know, so therefore questions worth pondering are, you know, who are your ideal customers and what are they thirsty for or what are their needs? Uh, what challenges or issues do you help your ideal clients overcome? You can take this a step further by writing out a paragraph about your ideal customers. You know, you give them a name, a persona, you see them as a character in a book or a movie. You know, the writer in me loves doing that part because the more you know about your ideal customer, the more you can tailor your product or service to them. When I think of my own business, I have four or five categories of ideal clients. And when I'm making business decisions, marketing decisions, I view it through the eyes of these four fictional people. You know, so this is particularly the case when I'm, say, doing work on a new product or, um, you know, when I'm looking at making changes to my website. Um, when I think of the last time I changed my website and there's a new website change in the, in the pipeline too, you know, one of the questions I'm asking is, you know, or, or one of the areas I'm pondering is I want my ideal clients to feel at home when they visit my site or social media platforms because I want my content to speak directly to them and their needs. And this thinking also applies to the tweets or the posts and the, you know, the Facebook live events. You know, they're all focused on speaking to the people that I think um, have a need that I'm there to maybe offer a solution to. 
And the beauty of knowing your ideal clients means that it's easier for you to make decisions, you know, to say no to inquiries from people who are far removed from your ideal client definition. And of course, by saying no, um, you know, for people who might be too stressful to work with or where your offering is not a direct match to what they are seeking, you know, that gives you the time and the headspace to focus your energies where they will have impact. And that's with your, your ideal customers, you know, with a greater hindsight into your ideal clients and your ideal industry segments, you can then, you know, look at ways of getting visible, you know, getting known by these um, people that you want to work with. You know, so therefore, a few questions worth pondering are, you know, how will your ideal clients find out about you? You know, where will you find them? Where do they hang out? What social media platforms are they on? You know, what would motivate them to contact you? Uh, what else are your ideal customers buying or listening to or watching? What might be their price points? So these are all questions that we can begin to ponder when we put ourselves in the headspace of our ideal customers or ideal clients. When we think about our audience or ideal customers, one of the things that we cannot lose sight of is the benefits that we potentially offer them. You know, customers, potential customers, they're only interested in the benefits you can accrue for them. As I often say, they only listen to radio, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me? Um, we often hear the phrase, you know, developing your elevator pitch so that you can focus on the benefits or the successes and um, that you can achieve for people. Um, what I like to do in this area to, to give it a little bit more structure, you know, is to think about what you've done with clients in the past, how you've helped people in the past, the benefits that you've helped people achieve in their own working lives or, uh, or personal lives and, and add in in front of that benefit then the phrase, you know, I work with people who or I work with organizations that. So here's a few examples for you. You know, I work with clients who want to overcome their fear of public speaking. You know, that's one of mine. You know, or I work with organizations who want to revolutionize their sales processes. I work with entrepreneurs who want to develop their social media strategy. I work with time poor parents who want quality childcare. You know, I work with thrifty and fashionable women who want to add an edge to their wardrobes. You know, I work with homeowners who want to landscape their gardeners. You know, I work with companies that want to boost staff morale, staff engagement and staff motivation. Also another one of mine, you know, where I work with people who want to excel at job interviews. Um, when, when you bring that focus on what it is you do in sort of a real but conversational way, if you're speaking to someone at a networking event or just in conversation with them and, you know, they ask you what you do, I think taking that approach makes it much more conversational and interesting rather than just repeating, you know, a title on a business card. So a few more questions to reflect on here is, you know, who do you want to be in the context of building your business? You know, what qualities do you want to display when meeting with potential customers or reaching out to them? You know, what characteristics or qualities would serve you right now as you contemplate making some changes or, or pivoting? You know, it might be qualities like courage, determination, resilience, caring, listening, curiosity. Um, as we know, it's it's not just what we do, but it's the it's the qualities that we bring to what it is we do. So that's 
I suppose I've, I've spoken a fair bit about audience and benefits because really that is what all businesses exist for, you know, adding value to, to people, to stakeholders. Perhaps at the heart of marketing is the whole concept of linking or leveraging what you do to your ideal clients. So leveraging or linking is, um, is one of the other pillars of marketing, as I would call it. Leveraging really is about connecting what you do with your target market with hopefully minimum effort and maximum impact. You know, you're leveraging your worth, your skills, your experience, uh, what you've achieved in the past. And of course, there's no one right way of doing this. It's often a case of trial and error. It certainly is for me. And here's a few questions that will stimulate your thinking in this area. You know, how can you connect more purposefully with your ideal clients? How is your time best spent? How can I work smarter? You know, knowing that working smarter always means identifying what you're going to stop doing. You know, what's working well for you and could you do more of it? How could you make an existing strength even stronger? How could you use social media to link what you do with others? One of the things to bear in mind with uh, social media, and I see it a lot, is that people just advertise what it is they do rather than offering something that's of value to potential clients or starting a conversation with people. As I always say, if people are chasing me for their for, for business, I'm running in the other direction. There's another L word or word that begins with the letter L that uh, for me goes to the heart of marketing or at least my approach to it. It's probably unique to me. I've, it's not one that I've come across in any marketing textbooks, uh, but that word is love. You know, we've all heard the phrase, love what you do and you never have to work another day in your life. Now, for me, that adage is only partially true. You know, it's true in the sense that you're getting meaning and joy from your business and what it is you do. But of course, that doesn't mean you don't have to work at it. Uh, You still have to put in the hours working both in and on your business. For me, of course, business is not just about the logical and the, the rational thinking, because not all wisdom's in the head, as we know. Wisdom is in the heart. Um, I know I've made a lot of my best decisions when it comes to my business, just based on gut instinct. Um, and when I think about the, you know, the work I do with clients individually or in, in groups and even with my writing, you know, when I speak and act from the heart, I find it tends to go to other people's hearts. And that is the best and most natural form of influencing skills. You know, people do not buy or buy into something unless they feel positively about it. You know, and when you love what you do, it's contagious. You know, people will want to tap into your energy and your enthusiasm. You know, just think about the people that you know who are passionate about what they do. Their personality shines bright and we're attracted to them. You know, we may not have the same interests they do. And of course, the world would be boring if we were all the same. But their their passion stirs your own passion. You know, in this area, I often think of the concept of all work. You know, your work is an avenue for bringing more love into the world. So with that in mind, a few a few reflection questions. You know, how can I fall more deeply in love with my business? You know, how can I put more of my heart into what it is I do? As not all wisdom is in the head, you know, what does your heart tell you right now? As I say, people don't just buy what you sell or what you do. They buy the love that you put into what it is you do. You've probably heard of that famous Judy Garland quote, always be a first-rate version of yourself and not a second-rate version of someone else. 
Um, you can use that for a life lesson, but also it works in terms of marketing and business marketing. And it leads us into that third element I'm going to focus on in this episode, which is about uniqueness. You know, there may be many competitors in your industry, but no one can replicate your personality and your unique experience. You know, we all know that it's important to play to our strengths, uh, but this doesn't just mean skills or competencies. It also means your personality. You know, we relate well to people who are open, honest, personable, approachable. You know, just think about the people that you follow online or watch on YouTube. They tend to have that, you know, honest, personable, consistent, engaging personality. It's not just the information that they're sharing, but how they're sharing it that is engaging with their audience. You know, the foundation of all of this is your unique selling points. It's your uniqueness. Um, It's your personality, your experience and your personal story. And that's how you stand out. Um, As I often say to people and as I often try to remember myself, you know, you, you are the key differentiator in your business. You know, that bears repeating. You are the key differentiator in your business. You know, when I started my business nearly 20 years ago, it was common for sole traders like me to try to pass themselves off as corporations you know, using the word we instead of I or our instead of my in the promotional materials and maybe graphics of these skyscrapers. You don't see that as much anymore. You know, those days are gone. The advent of social media and the welcome trend of authentic leadership means that people simply just want to relate to people. You know, in marketing terminology, it's no longer about business to business trading or business to consumer. As I see it, it's all just people to people. You know, as the strategist and author Charles Handy said many years ago, organizations are nothing but the people in them. Uh, One of the simple ways to start celebrating your uniqueness is using personal emotive words in your online profile. You know, and I've seen this in recent times, even on the most businessy platforms like LinkedIn, you know, where, you know, generic business speak, you know, such as proven track record is being replaced with more emotive language, such as I'm passionate about, you know, this open, honest and personal approach makes you relatable, real, you know, and and those qualities, I think, have to be in place before, you know, anyone would want to do business with you. That's how I feel anyway. So a few reflection questions here under this umbrella heading of uniqueness, you know, what is unique about what you do? What is unique about you and your business that perhaps no one else can replicate? What's unique about your approach? What niche are you developing? What do you want to be known for? How can you demonstrate your credibility? What aspects of your personal story and experience would enrich your client offering? What's the experience you want customers or potential customers to have when they interact with you? That last question is a pure marketing and branding question. You know, what's the experience you want customers or potential clients to have when they interact with you? Because they will have an experience. They will use words to think about or to describe their interactions with you. And we want them to be positive. So again, something else that's probably not found in traditional marketing books is the concept of enjoying what you do. You know, if we're not alert, work and often life can easily slip into an endless and sometimes mindless routine of mundane obligations. You know, there's the constant and never-ending chores and commitments and activities. 
you know, with all of these demands on our time, sometimes we can end up feeling that we're striving but never arriving. You know, if we feel that the ingredient, you know, if we feel that often the ingredient that's missing is that sense of joy or enjoyment or even a sense of fun from what it is we do. I always think in this area, and it's something that I always try to adhere to myself, is that, you know, I don't want to take myself too seriously. I'll take my work seriously, you know, but I never want to lose the ability to laugh at myself. You know, and this is an engaging quality. It's being human and it's you know, how we relate to people and then other people see us as someone who is genuine and authentic. You know, something else when I think about enjoying what it is I do, I think about the term fun, hustle. I'm not sure where I got that from. Um, hustle is is, um, is a very Gary V type term, but fun hustle to describe the process of creating leads or starting new conversations or setting yourself stretch goals, setting step, stepping beyond your comfort zone. You know, it, it encapsulates not taking myself too seriously whilst at the same time instigating progressive action. So what might the term fun hustle mean for you and your business? You know, maybe there's a different term that you could use to describe your state or frame of mind that would serve you best as you continue to work on your business. So as I move towards close of this week's episode, which has been a slightly more businessy episode, a quick recap. So marketing, as I see it, is about having meaningful conversations, ways of linking what it is you do with your ideal customer, and then having given some thought to who your ideal customers are, which aids decision making in in every aspect of your business. Now, are what you're doing is what you're doing, connecting with the people that you want to connect with. Um, And of course, you're also harnessing your own uniqueness and contemplating what is unique about what you do. And within that, it's not just skills and personality. It's also your story and your own unique journey. Nowadays, of course, global connectivity means that we can, you know, our reach as a business owner is practically everyone who has access to the web. You know, in this crowded, busy, noisy virtual marketplace, how do you stand out? How do you connect with your customers? And for me, that's about going back to the core principles of business, which is about how we add value and by focusing on our energies where they will have maximum impact. Of course, whether people respond to you or don't is not totally up to you. All you can do is get in the game, do your thing, be generous with your output, develop your niche and enjoy the process. Now, everyone is not looking for what you have. You know, everyone's not looking for what you're offering. Uh, But those that are, they're waiting for you to show up. And when you do, they will find you. One final quote to finish with this week by uh, an American speaker, author, David Schwartz. He says, the price tag the world puts on us is just about identical to the one we put on ourselves. I try to remind myself of that every so often. I'll say it again. The price tag the world puts on us is just about identical to the one we put on ourselves. Um, All down to how we value ourselves, and by valuing ourselves, we're in a position to offer value to others. So I hope you found this week's episode uh, useful. Maybe those reflection questions have stirred up a little bit of thinking for you. Um, As ever, I'm James Sweetman, and thank you for tuning in. More information about me and more blog articles and tip sheets is available on my website, jamesweetman.com, and of course, across the social media platforms as well. So until next week.